my mental health is the most important thing. This is too much for me right now. And she took a break and then she came back and it served her really well. So I think she kind of kicked it off of like, hey, mental health really is important no matter what you do in life, what your job is or who you are. All Delulu besties, welcome. This is a safe space to vent, talk shit, reflect, and most importantly, keep it real. It's better to trauma dump here so that we don't explode on innocent randos. Just admit it, you're bothered. What's up, Delulu besties? Welcome back to another episode of Balancing the Bullshit. You guys, I brought in a surprise today. It's the one and only boyfriend. He is gracing us with his presence. Hey, everybody. (laughs) And we have our psycho-ass dogs who, in the beginning, I thought this was such a cute idea. They're like brothers, so he has a Frenchie. Oh, this is David, obviously, as y'all know. So he has a Frenchie, and then I have a Boston Terrier, and they look alike, and they act like brothers, but now the downside is they just fucking fight all the time. I took them to the park today. Rocky got in a fight with a random dog who was doing absolutely nothing other than being sweet and playing with him. Then they come back home, and then the two of them start fighting together over food. Henry and Rocky. If anybody has tips out there for, like, how to be a mother, let me know, because I need help. (laughs) How was your day? My day was good. It was really productive, actually. I got a lot of things done at work. Got some candidates in the door, starting new jobs. Talked to a lot of really great candidates. Got some interviews set up. And uh, things are looking good for next week as well. So, productive week so far. You are, like, the most positive salesperson I've ever met. You have to be positive, for sure. When I was in sales, every day I'd be like, throughout the day, I'd be like, my life fucking sucks. By the end of the day, I'd be like, kill me. Every time I ask how your day went, you're like, oh, I it was know. so bad. I mean, that goes through my head all the time at work. And then I'm like, I just have to stay positive and then just put out good energy and just remain optimistic. And then, you know, just take a deep breath and things work out. Just roll with the punches. You can't control everything. So especially in my line of work, you got to just keep on keeping on and then you'll get wins but is it genuine or are you forcing the positivity because that's what i struggle with in sales because i was like i don't want to lie like i want to be honest about how i'm feeling but then i would spiral downhill from that (laughs) yeah i mean honestly i think it's a little bit of both i think sometimes I'm kind of faking it and then sometimes I'm just genuinely like okay I can freaking do this no matter what's going on so yeah I don't know which you know I guess there is a fine balance because now that I'm teaching manifesting that's what I say it's almost like being in an abusive relationship like you know when a guy beats you up you could come to that relationship being the most confident person ever but then once Mm -hmm. you hear every day that you suck and you're stupid and fat or whatever then eventually you believe it so I guess it's kind of the same thing with you even if you have to force it sometimes you just Mm -hmm. gotta trick your brain until it believes it and obviously it's working yeah absolutely 100% that's spot on you just have to 
trick yourself almost sometimes and get out of that, oh, you know, everything's not working. Oh my God, woe is me. And just say, you know what? The past is the past. Whatever yesterday was yesterday or that candidate was, it's over and done with. I'm moving on. Things are going to be better moving forward. It's all, it's very mental for sure. It's kind of ironic that this is what we're starting out talking with because obviously I brought you in today to talk about tennis and the mental aspect of it. And I have a feeling that that's why you're in such a habit of doing this now for sales. Whereas I didn't play sports growing up. I mean, I did competitive dance, but it's not really as much of a mind game. I I think as tennis would be. So it was like a, I guess, rude awakening when I got into sales because I wasn't in that habit of having to overcome adversity every single day. Yeah. It's almost a daily thing of having to, having to overcome adversity. Especially, it's just mental gymnastics and you never know something that could go wrong at any moment and so many things are out of your control. You just have to control what you can and let the chips fall where they, where they will and it'll work out. You just have to believe that it'll work out at the end of the day. So no, nobody's perfect. And just having that optimism to say, Hey, you know, it's going to work out no matter what I can do this type of thing. Okay. Wait, before we get into the dogs are going crazy again. (laughs) Shocker. I feel like anytime anything goes on, they're like, let us put on a show. Let's make it about us. Okay. Before we talk about tennis, I want to talk about one of my life updates. I also want to hear your take on this because I know when we first met, you said you didn't have social media and I don't Mm -hmm. know for how long you hadn't had it. I would say for me, I deleted it. I don't know. Not too long ago. I don't even think I've gone six months without it. And it has made the world of a difference. First of all, when I first deleted it, it was an impulsive thought. It was kind of random. I mean, obviously, people always talk about how toxic social media is. So it oh, has been planted yeah. in all of our minds yeah. to delete social media. So I, you know, I had crossed my mind, yep. but then one day I just impulsively did it. I was like, whatever, I'm permanently deleting it. I didn't even deactivate my account. I fully deleted it. And my friends texted Damn. me and they were like, are you okay? Yeah, why did you fall moment. off the grid? I mean, that takes a lot to... Well, and that's why I, yeah. I did it on an impulse because I was like, if I take a second to think this through, then I'm mm-hmm. probably not going to follow through with it. So I didn't really even have a reason for doing it. But then what I realized afterwards was... First, how much time I was wasting all day long on social media. It's crazy. I was like, holy shit, I have so much more time now to live my life. And now that it's been a few months, it's crazy how happy I've become. I feel like I just live in my own happy bubble now because I'm not comparing myself to, you know, everybody else who's going out every weekend or traveling or getting new jobs or how much money they're making and everything they're buying. That's the biggest, that's the most important factor. Yeah. And I mean, for anybody that tries to say that they don't compare themselves, it's, I would say impossible to have that kind of self-control because when you're on social media 24-7, it's being thrown at your face. Like, there's yeah. no way that you can't compare Even yourself. Even if you don't think you are, you, you are subconsciously yeah, you are. or it's seeping into your mind yeah. in some way and it affects you greatly. Yeah, it totally does. Negatively, as much mostly. self-work as I had done up until the point that I deleted it, I've been meditating for so long, I've been in therapy, yoga, I have all these spiritual practices... 
And the difference in my life now, how content and peaceful I feel, it's yeah. insane that social yeah. media is that toxic. Yeah. I could go on for a while about this. It was taking up way too much time and it wasn't bringing anything positive or valuable in my life. I was just comparing myself and kind of just scrolling and then hours would go by and I realized that I wasn't really enjoying life in the moment and I was like just so concerned about what people were doing on social media all the time and I wasn't just focused on myself so it really just like brought me back to earth when I got rid of it of like oh this is really what's important in life what is actually happening not taking the perfect picture or making your life seem so perfect or comparing yourself to others or getting so distracted or lost in scrolling on stupid videos and stuff it's is actually, so distracting yeah it's more about enjoying life in the moment and having it be special in that moment and not having to prove yourself type of thing. Yeah, I agree. I just didn't realize any of that until after I deleted it. Okay, y'all. So I made David and myself do the love language test. We did. And it's crazy because I never knew if it really mattered that much. But we had the exact same answers in order. Exact same results, pretty much. Not the exact same percentages, but in the exact same order of what we value the most, right? Yes. Yeah. So we both, our number one was quality time, then physical touch, then words of affirmation, then acts of service, and then receiving gifts. Quality time, physical touch, acts of service. No, words of affirmation. Words of affirmation. Then acts of service. service. And then gifts. gifts. And it's crazy because ever since day one, I know that our relationship has been really easy. Like it just flows. We don't play games. Like it's just so nice. It just works. And so maybe this shit actually does better. Maybe (laughs) Maybe this is why because we communicate in the same way. And the last guy that I tried dating, you guys know Don with the, the guy that I met on the fucking boat, who was a shit show. When we stopped dating and then we tried dating again, <laughs> I was like, okay, well, obviously something's not working. We can't communicate. So I made him take the test and our answers were completely different. And so I didn't think about it in that moment. I just looked yeah. at it as, oh, now I know how to try to communicate with right. you yeah exactly but and how to express yourself and how to be heard how you're going to get through to them how they're going to get through to you like okay i acknowledge that this is the best way to like show this emotion and how i'm, I'm going to feel it like holding hands or a Which hug obviously or like, that's so much work like to put in all that effort yeah. just to try yeah. to get it's along like with someone. Already, yeah, if you're not already like that, then it's just going to be kind of an uphill battle, I feel it's, like. If you're yeah, and it was. not someone that gives a lot of words of affirmation and someone needs that, you're just going to be constantly like, oh, I have to tell them something good. Yeah, and then you're trying because it's not natural. You're like, yeah. let me go out yeah. of my way to give him this yeah. or whatever. Right. So it actually was eye-opening. And the other cool thing that I learned about this 
physical touch since that's our number two. I was surprised that that was my number two because I thought physical touch was PDA or being all over each other. And let me yeah. read y'all the definition because it's actually not at yeah, all. Yeah, it's pretty fascinating. Yeah. Okay. So a person whose primary love language is physical touch is not surprisingly very touchy. Hugs, pass not on. Not touchy. Okay. Yeah, which I feel like I'm not, especially in public. Yeah. yeah. Hugs, pats on the back, holding hands, and thoughtful touches on the arm, shoulder, or face. They can all be ways to show excitement, concern, care, and love. Physical presence and accessibility are crucial, while neglect or abuse mm -hmm. can be unfor unforgivable so and destructive. Accessibility and presence. Yes. Like just being around someone. And I feel that too. Like when, when we're in the same room, I just like feel your energy and I'm just happier. This I'm is happy to be than, in the same vicinity as yeah, you. Yeah. We don't have to be next to each other yes. on each other's lap or kissing or holding hands. Yeah, you you could be on the other side out. of the room. Yes. But just knowing that you're there in the vicinity and in the... In like my it brings me comfort and yeah. safety. And listen to this. Physical touch fosters a sense of security and belonging in any relationship. So crucial. Yes. So important. And going back to Don, I think physical touch <laughs> was one of his lower ones and we were long distance. And oh, so Yep. Yeah, it makes total sense. I've at the time felt like a crazy person mm -hmm. being like, when are we going to hang out? Why don't you ever mm -hmm. care? He just mm -hmm. did not care. It didn't even cross his mind. Mm -hmm. But this makes so much sense. I didn't realize it was because of what what's this called? Love language. Thing. Yeah. Dang, that's crazy. Yeah. So everybody go take this. Yeah, I guess it actually your, matters. Go take it and uh, see if you can improve on anything. If there are some well, things just that don't match up with yourself. your partner. Yeah, to get to know yourself and your partner. It's not just yeah. about what I need. It's how I could improve and express myself to my partner. This is what they need maybe more of. I don't even think just it's about going. improving. I think break up with your partner <laughs> if your answers don't well, align. Katie, I was talking to Josh about it and I told him how we got the same answers and Josh and Katie did the same thing and theirs were complete opposite. Oh, like opposite. wait, what? So maybe if, if it's like scattered and completely different than your partner's, maybe that's problematic oh. perhaps, but maybe if it's exact opposite, yeah, then maybe it attract. still works because like opposites attract. Okay, I have a few rapid fire get to know you questions. Sarge he's gonna fall in love with you okay okay so what's your favorite day of the week favorite day of the week this is kind of a tough one i do like friday a lot but i feel like that's kind of a basic answer i'm gonna say <laughs> no you can't Sunday. change it i told you yesterday hey, that was okay. basic pause nope time out rewind okay i'm gonna say <laughs> Friday is a close second. I'm going to go with Sunday because I love football and oh, football God. is on Sundays. It is only four months of the year, but also when it's not football season, I feel like Sundays are just year round, just a great day to like, yeah, it's like the end of the week and it's like, oh, like tomorrow's Monday, like the start of the work week, yada, yada. If you aren't super stoked about your job, which I'm um, not exactly most weeks, but Getting back to the point, I think Sundays are great because it's just a very leisurely day. People are, I feel like, um, a lot more chill. It's just the, the day of rest. You know, if you're religious, God created the day of rest for Sunday. So. No, that's so basic. What would it be basic then? Monday because you love to work and be a workaholic? Okay, yeah, my answer is pretty psychotic. You want to guess my day? Monday. Okay, no, not Monday. Because it takes me a minute to get back into the groove. Wednesday. Yes! 
Wait, why? Because it's called Hump Day? No, okay. Oh my god, you're so basic. <laughs> no. Why Wednesday? Because that's when I'm in the groove. It takes me Monday and maybe sometimes Tuesday to get back into my week. And then Wednesday, I'm okay. on it. I am so accomplished that day. I've gotten all my shit to it. Because, you know, maybe Monday I was a little slow. Maybe I didn't work out that day or my brain was I'm off. You. I'm with you. So Wednesday, it's just so accomplishing and fulfilling you. you know i'm like yeah. all my shit and yeah. it feels great yeah but then the weekend comes and then i mean granted yeah it's fun but like, i don't know then i feel like a piece of shit and then no you don't always not feel like, like a piece of shit, of shit know. but you know You're what i mean like yourself. wednesday yeah. is yeah. the most productive day sure okay and i feel like you can take stock it's midweek like here i am midweek week's not over but it's not yes. the very beginning Maybe this is what I still need to, this is what I wanted to accomplish by this point. Maybe I still need to do something or maybe I'm at a good point. You kind of just reflect a little bit. Take a deep yes. breath. Two days till the weekend. Like, like, oh, I haven't ran yet this week. Okay, let me run now before the weekend. Yeah. It's a good halfway point and not basic. <laughs> Maybe psycho, but whatever. There are good shows on Wednesdays too. Survivor comes on on Wednesdays, so I, I like that. I'm with you there. <laughs> okay. Would you rather be able to speak every language in the world or be able to speak to animals? This is a great question, and I was thinking about this today, and I asked a couple of my coworkers, and they didn't quite know either. They said they would have to think about it too. Yeah. What? But then when I came back to them a few minutes later, most of them said – well, they kind of just said both, and I was like, what "You need to pick fuck? one." And so, if I'm going to pick one, I would say talk to animals for sure. Yeah, because absolutely. It would be. I didn't just, even have to think about that. And could you imagine? Okay, people would think you're crazy if you told them you could talk to animals, but then you would do it, and they would be like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> yeah. A, and I don't it would like just people. Be so enlightening. Yeah. B, I love animals. We could learn so much we from them. We could learn so much. If your dog could talk to you, or yes. the squirrels in your yard could talk to you, the birds that chirp in the like, morning. Think about how happy could tell you the song are. that they're chirping along to. We would have such a better world. Oh my gosh. There's so much it would to learn so from much animals. Peace. Absolutely. And think about wild animals, lions, how oh they just God, are yeah. go getters, rulers of their kingdom. Imagine yes. we were able to talk to them. They would whip us into shape oh my god what do you think they would and say and even our dogs how happy they what are what do you think they would say animals or oh lions what i do you mean think a wild lion would say if you talk to it i'd be like you're a fucking joke get your shit together my life is hard you think your life is hard try hunting for your yeah. own food while trying not get killed it would put life into perspective for us i think absolutely they absolutely would i think they would be like you humans are so silly we have to hunt we've been around for so long and i've seen you humans build things and come up with and little kill each other. gadgets and well, I guess get kill each other. wars and arguments and all this stuff and our life is so simple and we've been around for so yes, long. like animals i would feel like so they would just share so much wisdom and energy because they're so in tune with their environment and the world and themselves and themselves i can't believe your coworkers had to think about this question well because you could live in any country if you could speak any language you could live in any country you could get any job you wanted fuck that who cares about a job and who cares about and you could be a spy if you are into being a spy <laughs> what the fuck no i'll take animals but you could learn another language it takes mm -hmm. five months to learn 95 percent of a language and then five years to learn three more percent i don't want to talk to other humans i'm happy in my bubble <laughs>
At what age do you want to retire? I'd say probably 70 or 75 because I feel like I'm going to be a tennis coach for the last 15 or 20 years. Oh, oh Or like cute. a private tennis instructor and just have like a very leisurely job, you know what I mean? Cute. Just for fun. I'm one of those people where I'm going to have to be busy with something. It's not going to be a career that I'm working at 70, but I feel like I'm going to be wanting to teach tennis or coach or do something until I'm pretty old. Why don't you do that now? Why do you have to wait until retirement to then do what you love and have a leisurely life? That's a really good question. And I've been flirting with the, that idea more and more seriously recently because I'm not entirely happy doing what I'm doing. Some days I am, some days I'm not. And I guess that's for a lot of people in their jobs. But... Most days, I don't see a path to a long-term thing in this industry. Because I don't want to do sales, even though I'm good at it. Yeah. It's just not me. I don't want to do it. It doesn't make me happy. I need something that makes me more happy. So I've been thinking about that a Yeah. Lot. And that's why I asked because... I was in sales. I wasn't happy. And my life coach was like, why wait to be happy? Literally. Why? Yeah. And then even today I was listening to call her daddy. I'm literally obsessed with her. And she was interviewing Post Malone and she asked him, what life advice do you have or something like that? And he said, this is our only life. We only get, what, maybe 80 years on Earth unless, like, we die sooner. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. our life to live. So why are mm -hmm. we waiting for something mm -hmm. to happen? Why don't we just do what mm -hmm. we want? Yeah, or caving to society's expectations or yeah. familial expectations or yeah, just silly norms and stuff that are out there. Like, you have to have a 9 to 5. You have to have a... 401k or you have to have a this at this yeah, point you should have who. this or at this point you should be married or no where's the fun in that you could wake up tomorrow and get hit by a bus don't you want to be able to say you traveled places or you met cool people or you experienced new things or you yeah it's a fine line i i agree you got to do what you love yeah, and I mean, I already said this to you a little while ago when you came home, but I just cannot harp on this enough. I was telling David about my day. I hired an advertising agency to help me grow my business, and I was like, I have had so much fun. I am not even making money yet with this business, and I am having so much fun just putting all of the copywriting together because... Mm -hmm. It's a creative and a logical outlet for me. And it's just, I'm getting to do what I love mm -hmm. and what brings me fulfillment. And if I were to die tomorrow, I would die proud and feeling fulfilled. So mm -hmm. whereas in sales, I was miserable all the time. I didn't like the day-to-day -day activity, but I would always justify it as, mm -hmm. Well, this is what you do. I'll be miserable, but then, you know, once I make a certain amount of money or once I get my commission check, then it'll be worth it. But the thing is, when you're in the habit of being miserable every day, you're not going to all of a sudden be happy when the money comes. Like no. by then, your misery has grown so much yeah. that it takes over and it's, everything. It's so brief and it's so yes. temporary. Yeah. Then you have to wake up and you have to do it again or meet another threshold or hit another 
goal. There's no end goal. Like, oh, you hit this, like, you're good, you're done, like, you've made it. It's like, oh, you hit your sales goal, now there's another goal. Oh, okay, celebrate for five minutes, then turn around, get ready to work again tomorrow. Damn, so that's how I was like, asking if that's what you want to do, tennis. And you're lucky that you even knew because when I was working with my life coach and I was miserable, I didn't even know what made me happy or what I wanted to do. So I left mm-hmm. my corporate job. It was so scary. At least you would have something to chase. Mm-hmm. I'm not telling you to, what to do or to quit your job. Yeah. But yeah, just a question. Thanks. <laughs> These are supposed to be rapid fire, but I can't ever stop rambling. <laughs> okay. Favorite junk food. Favorite junk food. This is a tough one. What? No, I'd my- probably say donuts. I love donuts, especially Krispy Kreme mm. donuts. They're like air. I can eat like 17. Oh, yeah. In like sure. a sitting. But they're so sweet. I love sweet. Do you know my favorite junk food? Chick-fil-A. 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 I eat it once a week. Okay. Chick-fil-A is <laughs> really good. Chick-fil-A. It's kind of the only junk food I eat. That's pretty good. Yeah. Favorite season? Favorite season, I would say fall. Because I know boring, yes, football <laughs> happens during the fall, but I also just love the leaves changing colors, especially oh. in Maryland where I'm from. It's so beautiful. And what else is in the fall? There's, well, Christmas is winter. I like the weather of the fall and just the overall mood and vibe. Yeah. I would say. I agree. But I also like Christmas season too because it's so happy. Yeah. I, I don't know my answer for that. Do you believe in faith? Yes, I believe in faith. Yeah. Same. Maybe not everything happens for a reason necessarily. I think that's a little bit of like a mumbo jumbo or like a bunch of hooey. <laughs> because hooey. like if that was the case, there wouldn't be people dying every day or like war, or like flooding or like terrible things happening to people. You know what I mean? So... I don't think necessarily everything happens for a reason, but I think it revolves around energy. If you are truly the best version of yourself and putting energy out into the world, like I definitely do believe in fate. You're going to attract the right people, the right environment, the right everything. I think. No, I totally agree. And fate, I don't believe in it in like a woo woo God thing like there's something out there that has more power over us that controls everything but I do agree with it with the energy part and even for when bad things happen hot take I know I shouldn't be bringing this up Trump getting elected a few years ago and how chaotic that was and kind of tumultuous how it was very eye-opening and it kind of shed light on the vulnerabilities of our country and where Mm -hmm. there are missing gaps in our laws and systems that aren't necessarily protecting us like we thought Mm -hmm. we all were just living obliviously and that's the one good thing that came from and then same with covid yeah it was a catastrophe but i think again it shed light on a lot of people what What they needed to work on yeah like things we take take advantage of or take for granted yeah Exactly. Yeah. And I truly believe like every single opportunity in life is always a mirror. So you could use that to reflect of the type of energy that you're putting out. Wow. I like that. That's what happens when you have a life coach. (laughs) Who has it easier, men or women? 
Men definitely have it easier. I think women have it a little bit easier in some ways now, thankfully, but I think in a ton of ways they still have it arguably harder than before. I mean, you go back in history, women used to not be able to even vote or do half of the things that men were afforded to do. It was frowned upon for them to even have a job and be out of the household. Obviously, we've come a very long way in over a hundred years, but... I think still today you look at abortion rights or lack thereof. I think that's a big one. Government, mostly male-dominated government, telling women what they can and can't do with their bodies. I think that if they're going to go that far and try and do that, then why don't you tell men what they can and can't do with their bodies? Tell them if they're not going to have kids that they need to get a vasectomy. How about that? And then you wouldn't need women to have abortions or be worried about getting pregnant. Right? I mean, did we ever think of that? I agree. When I was younger, I would look at feminists and this whole topic. I'd be like, girls are crazy. They're so dramatic. Get over it. Just work hard. We all Mm -hmm. have equal opportunities. But after being in corporate life for a few years, it was really eye-opening. The treatment that guys get versus the treatment that women get. And it was the littlest Mm -hmm. things. I remember one time... It might have had something to do with me requesting time off or, I don't know, Mm. something very standard. And I was telling a guy co-worker about it. And he was like, Karen, what? I've never in my career been talked to that way. Like, I'm always allowed to do this. Whatever it was. And I was like, what? This is something that I always have to fight for. And even, not saying that I'm smarter than... A lot of people, but I have always been the top sales rep at every company I've sold for. And so looking at other guys, like, I'd be like, okay, you're fucking dumb. And <laughs> just the way that they get treated, they just get put on a pedestal no matter what oh, they know. say, yeah. especially yeah. when it's female bosses. Yeah. I just have this power yeah. over women. And it, again, it goes back to energy. I think it's the energy that you guys carry with y'all because y'all have always been put on a pedestal. Y'all have never had to really be the victims of life, whereas women mm-hmm. have. So mm-hmm. anyway, yeah, I totally. Mm-hmm believe in that now mm-hmm. yeah i i agree 100 percent. we're seeing more and more the rates of women going to college is at all-time high and rates of women who graduate top of their class valedictorian is a lot higher than men too women overall get jobs easier nowadays and boardrooms of companies and fortune 500 companies and A lot of other companies are pretty diverse now and have a lot of women on them now too. CEO companies are still predominantly, it's like 90% or 95% of CEOs, Fortune 500 companies are men. So it's still, men still kind of hold the keys, but we've come a long way. And I think that women are doing an awesome job recently of just like kicking ass in the workforce and showing that obviously they should be paid the same as men and everything like that even though that's not the case in all industries they're not paid equally but yeah coming a long way but men definitely have it easier right thank you you know what i have kind of wondered though i hope i don't get attacked for saying this but i kind of understand why men have ruled the world because I think women are too powerful, not to be mean, but I do think women are a lot smarter than men, but it's almost to our detriment because when you have to run an entire country and everybody has to work off a system, granted our systems are fucked up. As I was just saying, Trump did shed light on all 
of our vulnerabilities. But when women are intelligent and strong-minded, it's easier for a dumb guy to just play along with the system and follow the rules versus a woman who's going to try to come in and change things and find everything that's not working. It just makes it complicated. It's like, just shut up. and This is the way things have been. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I agree with that. Yeah. Why can't we tickle ourselves? I don't know. It's so weird. <laughs> I don't I know have either. No idea. <laughs> That's so silly. Oh my god. And how yawns are contagious. Yawns are contagious. That's crazy. I heard about yawns that it's because when somebody yawns and then you yawn back, it's because you have empathy. So, like, if somebody yawns and then you don't yawn back, it's a sign of narcissism or something like that. You can't control a yawn. You just yawn. I'm not like, oh, I'm going to yawn now. No, I know. You automatically do because I think it's you're empathetic. Oh, okay. I think that's why. Or you're something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of like you cry if something bad happens to someone else or you don't. If you do, you have a heart. And if you don't, you are narcissist or something. Yeah, I... Want to find a narcissist and yawn in front of them and see? <laughs> Tom Sandoval. Yeah, he would definitely not yawn. Oh, he would God. start laughing or something. Literally, psychopath. <laughs> what does a person need to be happy? I have a good answer for this one. What does a person need to be happy? That's a great question. I think a lot of people would say a really good job or a lot of money or yeah, like a great family or a good environment or house or something like that. But I think it's a lot simpler than that. I think it's what a person needs to be happy is to just fully embrace who they are and just be confident with who they are and be themselves and unapologetically just be themselves no matter what and be a good person if you smile and you're friendly and you put good energy out there it's going to come back to you people are going to smile at you or do do a good deed for you babe i love that my answer is very similar to yours but in a different way i was going to say in order to be happy you just have to live in the present moment that's as simple yeah. as it gets. Live in the present moment and put out what you want to receive in the world. If you want to be happy, yes. put out happy vibes. Even if you have a bad job or like you're not making enough money or like you're struggling, just stop and just be grateful that you're alive and just be confident in yourself and, and you'll be happy and things will work out. Yeah, and my answer pretty much means what you said because... In order to be authentic and be yourself, that requires being in the present moment. Like if somebody is in a situation and they're insecure or trying to pretend to be something they're not, they're not being present. They're living in their heads, overanalyzing, comparing Mm -hmm. themselves. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Wow. I knew I liked you. Boom. (laughs) Okay. Last question. Okay. How many kids do you want? How many kids? Um, I think two or three. You grew but, um, up with three, right? Well, I was born an only child up until first grade or so, second grade. And then I gained two sisters. So, I mean, I grew up, yes, with siblings. And I am a firm believer. I know it might sound harsh, but like, I'm a firm believer of if you can't afford to have kids, 
then you shouldn't have kids. Oh my God. Like yes. just popping out one or two or three or four or five or however many kids. And then just saying, Oh, I have kids. I can't work. Or I need to be off at three oh. every day. Or I need to make more money. Pay me more Hell money. no. The world doesn't work like that. Sorry. Not everyone can have kids. If you can't afford to have a kid, you, sh- you shouldn't. That's like, so unfair to the kid. It's unfair to the position. kid. It's unfair to you. And it just, it's not... I mean, I hate to say there's no set rules of what people can and can't do, but I mean, think about it. What, what are you going to do? You have to have a plan and you have to have some money saved up and you have to make sure that you're going to be able to really give that child a life of some sort. Like they don't have to go to college or go to private school or anything, but at least... You be know responsible. what I mean? Yeah, no, be res- absolutely. responsible. Yeah. So if I can't afford three kids, I'm not going to have three kids. But if I can, I would love to have three. That would be the goal. Oh my God. This is amazing to hear you say that because this is one of my biggest pet peeves in lives. It's so irritating how irresponsible people are. How, it's just like, irresponsible. Is it that there's so much criteria to get a fucking Don't. job that's not hard, but there's no criteria for anybody to become a parent? Yeah, it's the hardest job in the world. I know. Yeah. If you that makes want no sense. kids, get a really good job or yes. work hard until you have enough money saved up where you can give that kid a decent life. If you're just single or if you're married and then you have a kid and then you get divorced and then you have a minimum wage job or something and the other person has a minimum wage job, what are you going to do? That kid, well, That's just not fair. Alex, my childhood best friend and I were actually talking about this the other day, how unfortunately it's educated people that are aware of all of this and so they think twice before having kids so Mm -hmm. i don't know the exact statistic but i know it has been statistically proven that way more uneducated people have kids versus educated people they don't and alex Mm -hmm. and i were saying how because we know what it takes to have a kid and Mm -hmm. it's aside from finances it's also are you emotionally ready Mm -hmm. and available Mm -hmm. and the majority of parents aren't and it Mm -hmm. fucks a kid up so much Mm -hmm. it's just so selfish and ignorant and it's one of my biggest pet peeves in life how many kids do you want zero (laughs) that's not true stop okay it's not something that i've ever desired i think as a little girl it was okay that's fair you go to college become a mom like you know get married whatever especially with your culture and heritage maybe too yeah so as i've matured and gotten older and started to have my own opinions i've realized yeah it's just not something that i desire or i'm waiting for it to happen you're not completely against it yeah exactly i'm not against it if the opportunity arises then if it happens fine if i want to in that moment but also right now i'm not even in a position to even desire that Mm. i'm not securing my finances Mm -hmm. or my career Mm -hmm. i still have so much work to do Mm -hmm. so i don't know if i ever reach that point then maybe i'll reconsider but for the meantime zero (laughs) henry is more than enough i'm over here asking on a podcast for parenting advice for a fucking dog so i I wish y'all could see the dogs right now they are (laughs) all over david thank god this is every day they're never all over me they always just come rub their balls all over david jump on him (laughs) oh my gosh (laughs) they're crazy let me know if anybody wants a Boston and a Frenchie. Y'all can have them. No, never. She's kidding. <laughs> kidding, not kidding. <laughs> okay, so 
about tennis. Yes. I know tennis is a sport that's not only physically demanding, but also exceptionally demanding for mental strength and focus. Yes. I think some would argue that it requires more mentally than it does actual skill set and physical part. I would say that, yeah. Why? Because it's one of those sports that once you learn how to do it, everyone is basically the same. Like the strokes are the same. It's just how hard you hit it. It's the same thing over and over. You know, it's like golf. Everyone knows how to swing. Every professional golf player knows how to swing. Every regular golf, I know how to swing a golf club, but I'm not a professional. Every tennis player, professional or not, knows how to swing a tennis racket, knows how to volley, knows how to serve, and can practice and get consistent at that. But the consistency comes from just being at an absolute clear and confident level mentally of I'm going to hit the ball in the court every single time because if you mess up one time you didn't necessarily do anything that different from all the other times that you hit it over the net does that make sense so it was your mind that got in the way it's your mind that gets in the way and it's your mind that leads you to success yeah because everyone can hit the ball back and forth but it's almost like my tennis coach used to always tell me like just get just hit five good shots back to your opponent and they they will hit it in the net or they will hit it out. They will mess up because if you're just consistent and just level-headed the whole entire time, okay, I'm going to hit it in every single time. And then if you hit it in the net, having the mental strength to be like, okay, forget it. It's over. That point's done. We're on to the next point. That's how you have to be. You have to live in the moment for every point, like in that point. And not think about the past game or the past four games or the previous set or what the score is or how long or what you're supposed to do or any of that. You have to literally be in that moment. You have to be the point almost. That is so fascinating. No, it makes perfect sense. So pretty much your body, because you've practiced so much, so then it's just on autopilot. And so then really the game then becomes about your mind and staying so in the zone. Exactly. And not getting mad at yourself when you hit it in the net or hit it out. And just tuning out all the outside noise because you don't have a team. You know what I mean? It's just you. It's just you on the court. You are your team. Like That's the whole and there's no talking to your teammate or your coach or anything like that. It's just you on the court. So it's literally all you mentally. This is so fascinating. I have so many things to say. I hope I can get your them all out. Your teammate's not going to come over and be like, hey, man, like, that's all right. You can't just be like, oh, and slam your racket. I used to slam my tennis racket because I would get so mad. Like, <laughs> oh, my God, I can't believe I just hit it in that. You can't do anything about that anymore. You can't go back and replay the point. You got to move on to the next point. Like, okay, I know that I'm better than that. Forget about it. You know, it's really difficult. It's so similar to life. Yes. You know how people say you don't have to be the smartest. You just have to keep going. Have to be the most consistent and just most mentally confident. Mental. Yeah. And I heard the most interesting thing the other day on a podcast. Your highest potential is equal to the level of your self worth. 
which is mm-hmm. self-worth. That's all a mind game. That like, makes so much you're sense. You're the only one yep. stopping yourself, which yeah. is so true. Me becoming so an true. entrepreneur, I had so many excuses for why I had to stay miserable and trapped in my nine to five. Mm-hmm. Like, this is what you do. You get a nine to five and then you retire mm-hmm. and then maybe you'll be happy 80 mm-hmm. years from now. Mm-hmm. Says who? I, I never got mm-hmm. a rule book in life. Literally, the only mm-hmm. thing stopping me from leaving corporate life and giving myself the opportunity to pursue something else was my mind. One hundred percent, I agree with that. If you believe you can do it, then you're going to do it. Yes, and people can see that too. Yes, if someone is doesn't have the confidence, but they're acting like it, or. They are semi-successful, but they're still not 100% confident that they can do it. Maybe just lucky. People see that too. If you firmly believe you can do something and you exhibit that wholeheartedly with your mind, body, and spirit, people see that and you will do it. Yes. Okay. But the other really interesting thing is mental health has only become a popular thing that we're starting to talk about recently. So you played tennis growing up your whole life. So how was that handled? I'm shocked that a male coach would even talk to his team, his male team about the mind part of the game. Well, yeah. I mean, I had, I had those outbursts that I mentioned. I would slam my racket down or I would throw my hands up in the air. I would talk negatively to myself like, Oh my God, what the hell? You know, I was very emotional on the court. And so it was just about reining that in because your opponent will use that against you. They will see that and they will seize seize the opportunity to keep getting in your head a little bit. You have to battle your 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 own mind and then you have to battle your opponent because that that's giving them an advantage like oh if they see that I'm rattled, you know, they're going to just do little things here and there to maybe take extra time serving the ball or just do little things here and there that'll like get under your skin and so I think what I did to calm myself down is I would literally just turn around and just close my eyes and picture a beach for five seconds I'm just laying on the beach relaxing and there's not a worry in the world and during the game you would yeah, do that during the match just like or real quick match. just like deep breath okay that point's over it's zero zero just basically oh, be wow. like, you know, it's zero zero right now. Even if I was losing five nothing, Who it's zero you zero. That? That's all myself. Wow. Yeah. Because it got to a point where I was just like, okay, well, I'm getting so frustrated and mad when I don't play well, and it's making it worse. And then I'm playing worse, and then I'm losing matches. So it's like something's got to give, you know, something's got to change. And then I was talking to my coach, like, okay, how can you just be more calm on the court? What can we do? It's like, okay, well, where am I the most calm? Like when I'm relaxing on the beach. And so I would just picture that, and then I would just tune out everything around me, like the score. I would just say, okay, this is the start of the match. Even if it was the middle of the match, would be like, okay, this is the first point. It's zero zero right now. Damn, I am amazed. That's that how you I learned. operate at work too. Yeah, I know, and this is why I'm amazed. Like I'm at zero right now. I don't have any commission right now. I don't look at it. I just operate like I'm at zero. Wow. Because then I'm constantly hungry and I'm constantly consistent and I'm constantly confident. I would love to have a day inside your mind. Because, like I said earlier, I didn't have my whole childhood to practice this kind of a mentality. I had to hire a life coach as a fucking adult when I was like, sales is, you know, taking over my mind. How do I control this? Oh, it made such a difference. It made such a difference. I would... 
I would just tell myself at the end of the day, it's just a game. Yes, I'm competitive, but I'm going to enjoy it. I got back to just enjoying the game too. Like not, not worrying so much about the end result. And I feel like if you don't worry about the result as much as what you're doing in the moment to get to that successful result, then it is better. Yeah, but that's so hard. It's very hard, yeah. It's really hard. When we were watching, what's it called, that thing on Netflix? Breakpoint. Yes, it's about professional tennis athletes. And I was Mm -hmm. commenting to you, okay, I get it. It sounds nice to say, oh, just focus on enjoying the match. But when there's that much pressure to win the number one world champion, how the fuck do you get out of your head? Uh, I know, I know, yeah. And they have to hire physiotherapists and physical therapists and mental coaches and hitting coaches and have a team around them and do certain things. Yeah. When you get to that level, it's very, and you're famous and you have tons and tons of people paying money to come see you play and sit in the stands and you're on TV and But you're right. That sounds way harder than the actual physical part of just hitting the tennis, which you've done a million times. Yeah. In what ways do you think the tennis community can better support athletes' mental health and well-being? That's a great question. This female tennis player, Naomi Osaka, kind of kicked that off. She was an up-and-coming rising star, and she's kind of an introverted uh, personality. She doesn't seek the limelight, and she's very humble and very soft-spoken and very introverted. And uh, she beat Serena Williams at the U.S. Open in 2017, 18. It was very overwhelming for her because she became world number one, and everyone knew her name, and she started getting endorsement deals and started having all these interviews and different things. And it was very overwhelming. I mean, that would be very overwhelming for a lot of people, I think, because it was no longer just her tennis. And uh, she actually had to take a break from tennis. She withdrew from playing in all tournaments for her mental health to focus on her mental health. Yeah. And it was very controversial and people commented on it and called her out and all these things. But she said, you know what? Fuck it. My mental health is the most important thing. This is too much for me right now. And she took a break and then she came back and it served her really well. So I think she kind of kicked it off of like, hey, mental health really is important no matter what you do in life, what your job is or who you are. So that was big. And I think the tennis community in general can do a lot for society at large by reminding people that this stuff is really hard. Tennis is really hard. Life is really hard. A lot of other players were comfortable coming out and talking about mental health, how hard it is to be famous because of Naomi Osaka. So, yeah, I, love I think that that's good. so much. I want to cry. Yeah. And it's crazy, too, how the solutions are so simple. It just takes starting a conversation. Right. Precisely. Very well said. So... Obviously, somehow you were lucky enough to figure out on your own in childhood that it was a mental game. But going back to how it's such a touchy subject, especially in schools, my mom comes from the education system and she talks about how anything with religion or politics, they really just can't go. They have to be so careful with what they talk to kids about. So. It's an unfair advantage to all the other kids playing tennis and no one helps them figure out how it's a mind game. How is that being handled or is it just not? And you were just lucky to have figured it out. 
I think it's being handled. I think it's being taught to have that competitive edge and want to win, but also to have the utmost level of sportsmanship and respect for other players and other people, I think is the biggest thing. Because that's a big part of tennis too, kind of like golf. It's a very respectful, traditional, respectful game. You shake hands, you hug, you compliment the other player, the loser compliments the winner, the winner compliments the loser. It's not like hockey or football, you know, where I mean, you shake hands, but you're kind of like, oh, fuck you. There's none of that in tennis and golf. It's very traditional and respectful. And so I think continuing to have just the utmost sportsmanship being taught to rising kids who want to play tennis is is the most important thing and just reminding them everyone else can hit the ball like you can it's just you're gonna have to be calm on the court and don't get in your own way that happens to the most talented people they just get in their own way because they're just their mental game is not not there you can have a player who's more skilled than you are but if you're calmer on the court you're gonna win you're gonna win i didn't play sports growing up i Mm -hmm. only danced but there are so many moments looking back at childhood Mm -hmm. now that i meditate and i've learned all this about how life is just a mind game and i'm like damn if i could only go back to childhood how much i would succeed and how much farther i would have gone had i had the mental game down yeah but you seem to have the mental game down now though i mean you're so confident and positive and put out good energy and comfortable with who you are i had to learn the hard way i had to hit rock bottom to then be like like, how do I do life? And it was well, all maybe a mind that's game. more valuable than just being taught it periodically throughout life. You know what I was going to say, though? Maybe Pe- that's more valuable. People always say how sports really shape a kid. And it is really interesting having this conversation with you because you are very proper, very much a team player, like respect all sides and everything that you're saying about tennis. Now I'm realizing, mm-hmm. oh, this is literally what has shaped you. Yeah. It's crazy. Any last words before we close out? Thanks for having me on. This has been a blast. I enjoy just sharing and being asked these thought-provoking questions. And thanks, everybody. Okay. See y'all, Delo Besties. We'll talk to y'all next week. Peace. Listen up, Delulu Besties. If you want to learn all about manifesting and become a master at attracting anything you want in your life, check out my virtual manifesting masterclass, www.karen-rico.com slash shop, or click in the link in the show notes. And if you want to watch me podcast every week, check out my YouTube channel at Balancing the Bullshit or click on the link in the show notes.